Hey guys, what's going on? Fred Oakman here. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know before the show starts, I'm really sorry. We had some major clipping on Jake's side of things with his mic, and I didn't know it until we imported, till I imported all the video and audio. So I'm super sorry. Usually our show has decent audio quality. Um, we always kind of struggle a little bit with Jake's side. But the view meters, the level meters were all looking good on my side. So I don't know what happened here. I tried my best to run some compression to bring his voice down and mine level out, but because it's all one audio channel, we couldn't quite I couldn't quite get it to where it needed to be. And it's Sunday night and I I've got to get to work in the morning. So I appreciate you guys listening. Hang with us through this weird audio episode and I promise we will have it on track for the next episode. Hopefully you listened because it was a really good episode and uh we, we had some really interesting conversations. If you don't we understand this kind of thing would stress me out as a listener as well. It would just drive me crazy. But maybe it won't bother you so much. It's still Jake and I just have a video and conversation. His his mic is a little screwed up. Mine might be a little low. Uh, I don't know what happened. I really don't. So that's on me. And uh, we'll get it corrected next episode. But enjoy the show. And we'll be back next week. All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 231. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit, and as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. So, uh, you can watch the show if you prefer over to YouTube channel. Make sure you are checking that out so you can uh, look at our pretty faces. And for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon, which means you can support our show for $1 a month at a level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome to become a $1 patron. Get a free die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on the show. Usually the Patreon link is in the description of each of our podcasts. Um, and uh, if you're not sure how to get there and you can't remember, just go to our YouTube channel, and it is listed on every podcast video um, from the last month forward. So just check that out. With all that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing this Beautiful Sunday afternoon, evening, today. Uh, doing good. Feeling a little bit sun-soaked, but other than that, um, pretty good. I've been outside most of the day, so <clears throat> yeah, enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well. That's so that's so funny. Um, I just saw a, a message from a person. Uh, we talked about Chris last episode, and... Uh, he just sent a funny Facebook message to me in reference to our dick pic talk last week. And I was actually scared of the <laughs> message. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, yeah, good, man. Happy to hear I'm doing all right. We were at a wedding last night at the Peak and Peak Resort, which is in New York. And uh, I'm just New York State, not very far from where we're at. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I've never been there. And I know that probably sounds sacrilegious to you, someone who like likes to snowboard and stuff. But I have no reason to be there. There's, they offer nothing that I that I am interested in. Um, but there was a wedding there, and then we stayed the night. So things got kind of wild. Um, Mr. Coon was there. That was fun. 
And, uh, yeah, it was cool, man. But uh, needless to say, we got home this morning, and uh, I was just exhausted. And now I'm, like, doing the seven-day wait. Not that I... Not that anyone told me they had COVID, but you're just now. I'm just on waiting to see if I get sick. You know what I mean? Like cause that's what everybody does when they go to a big attended thing. You're just like, well, in the back in your head, you're like, well, fuck, maybe I got it. Um, I don't know. I feel fine. But when I got home, I meant to take a half hour nap. Uh, I laid down on the couch around four thirty, and I woke up at six, and I was like, oh Jesus, I needed that. So it was a long night. But uh, outside of that, man, everything's good. For the most part, and uh, got the show notes done, and um, I did start watching the Mass Effect Paragon Lost TV show, or the movie, and I sent you a picture of it, and uh, for proof of life, let me just switch my, so when we do the podcast, I always have my uh, uh, video flipped, but I'll hold it up. So when it's recording, people can see. This was $5. I talked about it on a show before. And this takes place, apparently, $5 at Tops, brand new. Um, had all the inserts and everything with it. And uh, apparently, it takes place after Mass Effect 2 and before Mass Effect 3. And, Jake, we don't have to get into it. Um, but uh, it is interesting because I started it. And not speaking to the quality of the show, I was just tired Friday night, and I got about 40 minutes into it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty dope, actually. But I was my attention span was, like, waning, and I just couldn't focus on the story and stuff. I kept looking at my phone. I was kind of getting tired, and I was like, I can't sit and watch this right now. But I'll Did re- you finish Mass Effect 2? Yeah, I beat it. I beat it. Did you? Hmm. No, I, I'm on the basically getting ready to start the suicide mission. Okay, yeah. So I'll give you a quick rundown of what this is about on the show because it's podcast-related and you were kind of asking. So it's interesting, and I don't really understand it because it doesn't pick up where my game left off, um, but it picks up at a situation. So it says Mass Effect Paragon Lost, and uh, this is this is for um, – this was actually directed by and and made by the people who did the Clone Wars, I think. Um, let me see here. So it says, it's a prequel to the best-selling Mass Effect 3. Follows the early career of Alliance Marine James Vega, played by Freddie Prince Jr. As he, excuse me, leads an elite special forces squad into battle against a mysterious alien threat known as the Collectors. Which sounds like the Mass Effect 2 storyline a little bit. And then it says, stationed at a colony in a remote star system, Vega and his troops must protect the colonists from the alien invaders bent on abducting humans for unknown purposes. Outmanned and outgunned, Vega must rally his squad to defend the colony at all costs, even if it means making the ultimate sacrifice. So... I'm confused about how this plays into it because all of Mass Effect 2, spoiler, is about you defeating the Collectors because they're abducting humans. This says this takes place, it's a prequel to the best-selling Mass Effect 3. So are they saying this takes place instead of the Mass Effect 2 game? I don't know. Or is part 3 to the Collectors fucking come back? Do you know that, Jake, if they do? I don't remember, it's to be honest weird. with you. Anyways, it it looks cool. The voice acting's great. I'm going to finish it. Um, 
It was weird. And in the show, they're talking about uh, another Mass Effect spoiler. If you've played the first one, uh, they're talking about how Shepard's dead. So maybe this is happening in congruency with, like, Mass Effect 2. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, it was kind of interesting so far, so I'm going to finish it. Um, That out of the way, Jake, we can talk about games we're playing. Uh Speaking of which, I beat Mass Effect 2, yes, and uh, I've got something to talk about it. And uh, I did have somebody die. I won't tell you who now. We'll talk about it on the spoiler cast. And uh, I did download Crash 4. One thing that happened when I downloaded Crash 4 is said I no longer, I didn't have enough room on my PlayStation 5 to download it. And I'm like, how's that fucking possible? All my PS4 games are saved to external hard drive. So then I realized that like all of my trophy videos were still being saved. So, and it was set to like 15 seconds anytime I got any trophy. So I had to go through and clear all those out. And then I, I, I deleted Death Store. I deleted uh, uh, a couple other games. Uh, I don't know which ones they were. There were PS5 games I had on my, on my PlayStation. But I freed up Spider-Man Miles Morales, got rid of that. I was going to leave it on there because it was so fucking good. But I've never revisited it. So um, I can always download it again. But I freed up some room, downloaded Crash 4. It took a while. And uh, I opened it up just to see what it was all about. And that's as far as I made it. So speaking of Crash 4, that is the PlayStation Plus game that Jake and I have both chosen to play for the month of July. We are going to talk about our experience with it at the end of this month. So Crash 4 is a straight-up PS Plus downloadable title right now for the month of July. If you want to join us on that, get it and then join the conversation at the end of the month with us. Jake, what are you playing? Pretty much just uh, Mass Effect. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play games this week, so I'm still kind of catching up on that. Um, but I, part of the reason why I haven't beat the game yet, because I was like, oh, I should do, I should just finish some of these side quests that I didn't do before, um, before I do the final mission, and I did the. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I can't remember. Uh, let me see here. Mass Effect 2. Let me see. Chicka, 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 chicka. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm looking at something right now. Oh, so I decided to do the so when you start the game you get you get a couple of missions mm-hmm. just right off the bat. Yeah, right. It tells you to like go go find a squad, you know, like f- like recruit these people and then it's like, "Oh, here's these other couple of missions." Yeah. And one of them is the Project Firewalker missions and the Project Overlord missions. And I was like, "Oh, I should I have these. I didn't do them from the beginning. I should just do them." So I go to do the Project Overlord mission, and um, it's a fucking vehicle mission. Yeah. Where you're flying around this fucking hover thing. Yeah, that was my that first... Is, it, dude, that was my first experience with Mass Effect 2, was doing the Firewalk. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is just like as bad it, as the Mako, but yeah. better. <laughs> so, I mean, we won't get we won't get really into it, but I did... So here's here's what I'll say. I was pissed off because I spent like three hours. Yeah. And then I found out that these are DLC missions. They're not even, like, main story missions. Okay. So so I was like, but I will say, 
because it's not related to Mass Effect 2's main story arc, I'll just say this. Yeah. That the Project Overlord mission, if they just removed all of the fucking hovercraft shit, that mission is actually fucking dope. It's like a horror mission where you're like, there's the guy that was like melded with the fucking Geth Network. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And he's like, he's like taking shit over That's and stuff really and like cool. killed all the people at the science, at the science lab that did it and everything. So that mission was actually fucking awesome. But, and I've talked ad nauseum on this show from the Mass Effect 1 spoiler cast even before that about how much I hated the Mako in Mass Effect 1. And this was basically, they're just like, they were just like, you know what? Uh, we're not going to have the Mako, but we feel like we need to have some kind of a vehicle. So we're going to have this DLC mission where you play this. It's a Mako, mm. but instead of it being on wheels, it's a hovercraft. And, you know, it basically does the same shit the Mako does. It's got a gun. It can jump. It can boost, whatever. And... Uh, there's all this like platforming that you have to do with it where you're like jumping across lava rocks and shit. And it's just like, what is this? Yeah. But anyway, so that's what got me off track. Otherwise I'd probably be done by now. Yeah. But, uh, I will be done with that probably tomorrow. I, I don't cool. know, but yeah. So we'll, we'll do the spoiler cast here probably within the next week or two. And then we'll put down mass effect for a little bit, maybe till the fall. And then, We'll yeah, pro- I, I was thinking maybe like like the end of the year we'd play Mass Effect three. That works. I like that um, we're doing just kind of split the yeah split the three out through just like cr- across the whole year essentially. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's that's where I'm at. Nothing special. Very good. All right, so we're not gonna do this next piece, but we're gonna talk about the news, Jake. Um, so those who tune into the show know that Jake and I are just PlayStation geniuses. And we take these quizzes. You don't want to, you don't want to talk about uh, Crash? the PS Plus game? Is that there? No, we already did No, that. Nickelodeon All-Stars. We didn't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we did. We talked about it last episode. Oh, we did? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we were both a little oh, tipsy. Man. And uh, I got a message from LJ who said that he needs more slightly drunk Fred on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you're not going to get that today because there was slightly drunk Fred at the wedding. So, uh Today is not the day for that. But, yeah, we already talked about that. So that was the last episode okay. we talked about. That, that's how much I care about that game, yeah. by the way. Fair enough. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, we're going to do a PlayStation quiz on the Push Square website. Jake and I do these every every uh, chance we get. We have yet to get a 100%. I'm not trying to jinx us, but uh, they always trick us with some sort of weird-ass weird ass thing. God, I don't even know this one. Uh, mm. All right, so question one of 15. Which PlayStation controller face button shape is traditionally, I got to think, think what is colored green. I want to say it's the square button. That's wrong. Uh, it's triangle. Square is red. It's triangle. It's triangle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, X is, X is blue. Um, as soon as you shot me down, I knew it was triangle. Yeah, triangle is green. Square... Square and in, in in circle. One's one purplish and one's pinkish or something. One's red and one's, um, yeah. Orange, pink, like purple. Yeah, some something. weird color. All right, yeah. so I'm going to pick triangle, and we are correct. One for one. One for one, Jake. Oh, God. Wow, we're screwed. Who is this character from King of Fighters? It's like a dude with, like, fire on his pants, like flame pants drawings, and then he's got like a long, I like these descriptions. I wish I could compile all my descriptions of people on these quizzes. He's got long blonde hair, 
Um, he's got some gauntlets on his arms. He's standing like a, I don't know, like a kung fu fighter. Um, he looks like he looks like if Ken from Street Fighter was somehow like douchier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like his nephew or something. <laughs> All right. So his name is either Andy Bogard, Rio Sakazaki, Billy Kane, or Rock Howard. I bet you anything it's Andy Bogard. But Billy Kane sounds like a fighter, dude. Billy Kane. I go I would go with Andy Bogard cuz that that your instinct is probably correct. Cuz he looks yeah. I I I want his name to be Rock Howard because that's like such a fucking porn star name. <laughs> but it's not that. I know that, and it's not Ryo Sakazaki or whatever. No, because this so. guy clearly looks to be. To me, he looks like he's the American fighter in this game. So right. I don't think Ryo Sakazaki's his name. So I'm gonna go Andy Bogard because that's a the seduciest name of them all. Billy Kane's pretty douchey, but it's Billy Kane screams like Karate Kid to me, like bad guy Karate Kid. But we'll go Andy Bogard. Got it. Yes. Nice. Got him. Andy Bogard. Whew, we got past that one. All right, question three of 15. We're two for two. In PS1 RPG, Breath of Fire 4, who is Fulu? I've played this game. Uh, I have not, so you're going to have to guess. A mystic who starts a war between... It's a mercenary who lost all of his memories, I believe. So the answers are uh, a mercenary who lost all of his memories, the reawakened founder of an empire... A mystic who starts a war between rival nations or the world's most famous swordsman. Dude, Fulu sounds like the most famous swordsman in the world, but I believe the main character's name is... But then usually you name your own character. I want to say it's the person who lost their memories, because I believe... It's been so long since I've played this game. I believe that is the crux of the entire thing. I'm, a, I'm probably wrong. If it's not that, it's... Uh, I thought Fulu was the dragon. All right, whatever. We're going to go mercenary. Wrong. The reawakened founder of an empire. So stupid. All right, guys. We're three. <laughs> we're two for three. In Red Dead Redemption 2, who gives Arthur the first tutorial on how to hunt? Is it Charles, Hosea, Dutch, or Pearson? Oh, fuck if I know, man. Well, there's so many characters in that game. I, I don't remember which. I mean... Dutch is like the Pearson's, leader of the gang. Pearson's like the food guy. He like it's not the well, cook guy, right? Yeah, so and, maybe it is and Pearson. Uh, and Dutch is the obviously the gang leader. He's not the guy that no. does it. I don't remember who. I remember the names Charles and Hosea, but I don't remember what characters they were. Well, they were part of the gang as well. But I bet the food guy Pearson, right? That would make sense. The butcher would be the hunter. <sighs> Yeah, maybe, but but you would think maybe the hunter is the guy that's collecting the pelts. Dude, right now someone's just like, it's fucking Charles, assholes. Like, so I'm just freaking out. <laughs> it could be. Dude, I, what do you want to pick? Ho- Hosea might be right, though, too. Hosea's the old guy. He's the old guy in the gang. It's probably Hosea. He's like he's like the, the grandpa. Dude, I... I honestly do not remember. I'm going Hosea. It's probably Pearson. It's Charles. We would have been wrong no matter what we fucking picked. <laughs> God damn. All right. So uh, we're three for four. No, two for four still. 
Uh, which of these movies spawned a PlayStation 2 game? Was it Braveheart, Mad Max, Meet the Parents, or Scarface? It's Scarface, I think. Yeah. Correct. All right. Back on track. Three for five. How many full expansions did Dragon Age Inquisition receive? Uh, it didn't get any expansions. One, two, or three. I don't think it got any. I think it did, but I don't remember one. how if many. If it did, it was only one, dude. I mean, I got to a point in that game where I was just done with it and quit playing it. it. So I, I, and I didn't follow it after that. Yeah, so same with me. I don't know. We both beat this game, but we didn't stick with it. Uh, I think it didn't get any expansions is like the thing that makes you say, oh, yeah, they, they wouldn't have put that in there if that wasn't true. They would have just. I think it. I'm almost positive it did, but I do not remember. Why wouldn't how many. they put zero in there? Why'd they have to write it out? That's a good question. I'm gonna guess that their query database can't treat, keep track of it uh, any other way. So it's not keeping track. I'm, I'm gonna say two. Because there was one. There was one. There was one with the bald guy. There was one. That's a good question. There was one. I have no idea what you're saying. Dude, I know there was one with the bald wizard elf guy. All right. Uh, I'm going to go one. Three. Fuck. We would have been wrong. Dude, we're so bad. Seven. We're of, really bad at this game. Question seven. What kind of game? I don't know why anybody would want to listen to our opinion about PlayStation. We clearly don't fucking know anything about it. We don't so. know anything about these games. Jesus. What game? Uh, what kind of game is The Witness? A visual novel, no. Point and click, no. Open world Co-op, puzzler. Yeah, it's an open world puzzler. See, we know some shit. All right, what average... That game is fucking hard. Dude, this game was really good, but underrated. Uh, what average Metacritic score does Mad Max have on PS4? 69, 74, 82, or 78? I bet you it's 82. It was a good game. Did you play Yeah, this but game? I don't. I don't remember like it being critically acclaimed, though. I think the critics liked it, but I don't think, like, it sold many copies. It's definitely uh, 82 or 78. You sure? My opinion, yeah. I loved this game. <laughs> I mean, it's not your opinion. It's, it's <laughs> fucking what I... I'm, dude, we're technically critics. We get we get yeah. paid through Patreon to have a podcast about video games. We talk shit on them, so yeah. I don't think that we're on on Metacritic though. That's true. Well, what do you want to go for here? This game was awesome. I hate. I, I really really hate these. They're these cheap Metacritic shots. Questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like like this to me. This is just like this is just questions they throw in there just to make you get. So they can have fifteen questions the on their quiz. Yeah. I'm going like 80, this is, 82, dude. Okay. 69. Dude, we... Wow. I wouldn't that's have, low. I, I wouldn't... I, I mean, I, everybody that I've heard that's played it has really liked it, so I, I really don't know what... That seems kind of low to me. Jake, this one's for you. Bring us back, buddy. In what part of the world is Resident Evil 5 said? Is it West Africa, Eastern Europe, South America, or Southeast Asia? It's West Africa. Got it. Boom. Thank you. And I know a lot of people don't like... The direction that they the Capcom took with Resident Evil Five, but I actually really liked that game. Mm-hmm. So they had a really cool co op mode in it, which was neat. This is a tough one. 
uh, I want to say it's Guilty Gear, but the question is, which fighting game series uses the phrase, the wheel of fate is turning before every fight? It's not Mortal Kombat. It's not Mortal Kombat. Is it Blaze Blue, Naruto, Ninja Storm, Mortal Kombat, or Guilty Gear? It might be Blaze Blue. The wheel of fate is turning. I can hear it now. Uh, I love. Yeah, I don't know why it would be Naruto. It seems a. I feel like I've heard little... this in the game. I've never played Blaze Blue, and I have played Guilty Gear. I bet you it's Guilty Gear, but you you do what you want to do. Um, let's go with Blaze Blue. All right. It's either Blaze Correct. Blue or Guilty Gear, but I man, Blaze you're such Blue. a better guesser than okay. me. Nice. I hate it. In the Jack and Daxter series, what fictional substance is often key to the story? Dual energy, galaxy juju, dark eco, or norm fuel? <sighs> Jesus Christ. This is a Naughty Dog game. I I honestly... I did not play a single Jack and Daxter game, which is probably going to earn me some ire from you know PlayStation fans. I've, I've, I had the collection. I was never really drawn to the characters, so... Especially after playing Ratchet and Clank. I think it's dark. I was like, what is this? Some fucking bullshit Ratchet and Clank? I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's dark eco. Hit it. Got it. Ah, nice. I thought so. I had played them, but it's been a while. Hey, what's the name of the main character in PlayStation 3 title Starhawk? Is it Marcus Talon, Damian Keeper, Gideon Marsh, or Emmett Graves? Dude. It's Emmett Graves. Yeah, dude, for sure. I don't know how I remembered that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's it. What's uh, What PlayStation system did Gravity Rush first release on? PS4, PSP, PS3, or Vita? Vita. Correct. Good job, Jake. We're, we're getting better. What was the Pro Evolution Soccer or PES series renamed to in 2021? Um, we It was eFootball, I believe. Uh, yep. All right. Good job. And then, uh, which of these anime properties hasn't been adapted into a Dynasty Warrior-style game by developer Omega Force? Has not. Gundam, Dragon Ball Z, Berserk, or One Piece? I don't remember there being a Dragon Ball Muso. I think you're right. But I also don't remember there being a Berserk one either. Gundam, for sure, they have one. One Piece is definitely I th- one. I think they have one for One Piece as well. So, I, Dragon Ball has always had, like, its own games, but, like, fucking everything has been done by Omega Force, so I'm not really sure. I would imagine it would cost way more to put out a Dragon Ball game than a Berserk game. Yeah. So, based on the price of admission for a studio to get a title to mess with it. Probably Berserk is the, or Dragon Ball is probably the correct answer. But yeah, you want to go with it? Yep. Good job. Nailed it. 11 of 15. We should get a job push score. We only missed four. So we redeemed ourselves. So retract your statement about people shouldn't listen to us, Jake. Do it. Take it back. Take it back. All right. Hey, I guess <laughs> if you eliminate all the bullshit questions and questions about like third party games that have nothing to do with PlayStation history, then sure. There you go. Well, we're probably pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump to the, the first news point of the day, Jake. This came off of Push Square. Um, so the Last of Us PS5 remake. 
We uh, were saying, like, I'm not paying 70 bucks for a remaster. We had Jeff wrote, wrote in about it. People have been sharing their opinions about it. Uh, an animator who is now working for Sony Ben but was on the project for The Last of Us Part 1, the remake, has pretty much stated, in quotes, actually... It's the most meticulously built and crafted project that I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire career. The highest level of care and attention to detail possible. Um, and this guy has also worked on God of War, Injustice 2, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. So this guy's been around, this animator. And uh, what's interesting is, is while I don't, even question that because I know Naughty Dog's work ethic. There's no way they were just like, okay, let's just fucking put this out and make it a cash grab. I think that when I say that it's a cash grab is that my brain is like, okay, great. You put more work into a game, but like you wouldn't do it if you weren't fucking certain it was a lock and it was going to make money. Like, yeah, I think I think what bothers me about it is that like I just don't think I mean I don't want to pay seventy dollars for it, but I do want to play it just to kind of get a feel for like how much better if like it looks if it looks that much better. Because here's the thing: is that like I can believe that Naughty Dog went through all the trouble of like tearing this thing down and rebuilding it in a true remake fashion mm -hmm. and that it was this big overtaking in this huge project. But to me, it's like, if you've got the remake and it looks a little better than the original, but it's not like wowing me or blowing me away. And it, and like the experience is almost identical. Then like, haven't you almost kind of wasted your time? Yeah, I don't know. Like to no. me, to me, to me, it's kind of like, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, you know, let's say I mow my yard in, uh, you know, in rows. Right. And it's, and I look at it and I'm like, it's a little bit crooked and I'm driving by and I'm like, it's a little bit crooked. It's a little bit crooked. So I go through the whole effort of fucking remowing my entire yard to get the line straight to make sure that it's straight. But most people that drive by can't even fucking tell the difference. Yeah. But I spent all that gas and time and money and everything doing this. So, you know, you, you can imagine why if Sony if if Naughty Dog and Sony went through all this effort to completely rebuild this game from the ground up, of course they're going to want to charge $70 for it. They put all this time and effort and money into it's it. It's asinine but to if expect the, us to pay $70 for it. But if the experience is not that much better, then was it worth it? And that's my problem with it. Like, why? Like, who cares? Right. Why did you spend all this money if if it wasn't worth it? Like if like if like I in my opinion if I'm paying seventy dollars I should boot up the Last of Us remake and I should be fucking wowed by it. Yeah. Like I shouldn't just be like we haven't seen any gameplay yet. To be fair, none. Yeah, but I shouldn't be just. It shouldn't just be like I like I shouldn't be able to play the game 
like I've played it a, like a hundred times before, like Uncharted. Like I'm just going through the paces. Mm-hmm. Now, can they make some quality? Maybe there's a bunch of gameplay improvements, quality of life improvements, things like that 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 make the game better. And maybe I'd have to play them. But to me, it's like as a seasoned PlayStation fan. If I have to play the original and the remake back to back to be able to tell the difference, it was a waste of time. Yeah. For me, for me personally, not as a whole. I'm not saying they're not going to make money. I'm not saying it was like globally a bad idea, but that's just the way that I personally feel about it. Yeah. I, I really think that this game is going to uh, sell a lot, and I think they're going to definitely see a maybe not a full amazing profit, but they're going to get their money back out of it. But the question still stands, was this the best use of Naughty Dog's time to do this? And I, I personally don't think it was. And fan- That's the big thing, right? It, yeah. Opportunity cost. It, it was too high. Yeah. It's like fantastic that you did this thing. Fantastic. I'm glad, you know, that's like, that's like Taylor Swift re-recording her album just so she can re-own the songs. Which is more of a fucking baller move than a studio who already owns the game remaking the game, but like just like recording it slightly differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. I yeah. I I don't know. It's it's really. You heard about Taylor really Swift doing that, right? I, I, yeah, I told you about oh, it. I didn't know that you did on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I. Uh, I don't know. I I'm going to try to reserve any more judgment until we like see this game fully in action and I see like really what we're getting. Cuz all we've seen is like trailers and like and like side-by-side screenshots on various outlets. So like I I don't know. I mean maybe maybe it is something insane. But it's just one of those things where it's like Sony's just got to fucking put it out there. Like let me see it. Yeah. Let me see what it really is. Like, I want to see a gameplay trailer. I want to see them remake the E3 gameplay trailer that, you know, where Bruce Straley fucking dropped the controller on the stage. I want to see them redo that, but in the remake. And then so I can watch them side by side and see like, oh, okay, this is. But the thing is, is that I'm sure some of it is like they improved the feel of the controls and everything like that, which you're not going to be able to get without playing it and. There's probably some stuff like that. It's they probably, probably added VR all two. of it's for VR two. Last of Us Part One remake is all it could, could VR be. two. I mean, maybe they added like <laughs> remember Last of Us Part Two had all of those. Uh, there was that big thing where they had all of those accessibility options. Yeah, I'm sure they're adding. Maybe they added all yeah. of that shit in. I'm sure they are. Like, so I'm sure that there's a lot there. I just don't know if it's worth it. All right, well, dude, let's get on this next topic because this is interesting. Um, uh, uh, Kojima Productions, uh, where Hideo Kojima, his studio, um, he's known for the Metal Gear games, Death Stranding. Uh, he's working on a new game for uh, Microsoft. Um, he's he's a very renowned director. Um, and so I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, was apparently killed recently, shot dead um, at a rally with one of those homemade guns that you can like 3D print, I think, and stuff. So yeah. news hit of this, and uh, 
what's interesting, there were television stations, and it says national television stations in the article, um, with pictures of Hideo Kojima um, being falsely attributed to the killer, which is fucking nuts. And uh, yeah. so Kojima Productions now has come out and they're speaking out against the spread of quote unquote fake news and have pretty much implied that they may take legal action. So their actual tweet says Kojima Productions strongly condemns the spread of fake news and rumors that convey false information. We do not tolerate such libel and will consider taking legal action in some cases. And uh, Push Square. Um, Notably, uh, puts in their article uh, on the story about the irony that exists because, uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 was all about misinformation in the digital age and arguably maybe one of Kojima's best games. And now he's a victim of it himself, which is so fucking weird. Um, such a strange thing, right? I don't even know what to say. Somebody. About it. I honestly, I have no clue how somebody makes this mistake. They almost have to have done it on purpose. Like, how do you, like, how are you, like, oh, yeah, uh, I, 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 let's, I've got this picture here of a Japanese man being arrested for shooting the prime minister, and then I've, in this other tab, I've got a picture of fucking Hideo Kojima. I'm going to accidentally copy the Hideo Kojima one into my fucking article about uh, gun violence in, ja in Japan. It's like, come on. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012 where we discuss and speculate on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation podcasting and patreon p.s this is awesome so i guess i guess there is a uh, a french politician it says here on gamerbraves.com they have an article up about this um it says that uh What's his name? Damien Rau or something re replied in a tweet accusing the extreme left of killing the former Japanese prime minister, attaching photos of, of Ko Kojima. 
and then the tweet has since been deleted. Um, so I don't know if he spread the news, this, this guy from France, uh, or if it was actually on an actual news site, maybe a news site picked up at this guy's tweet and like retweeted it. Mm. And it's like three pictures of Kojima God, it's so fucking messed up and weird. Um, and people are like tweeting. I can't believe believe a French politician tweeted that Hideo Kojima assassinated the prime minister of Japan. And news channels are actually running with it. Holy shit! So this guy must have posted this tweet, and then news channels picked this up and just started spreading it like this is the dude that killed him. And there's like a shot of like a television screen with Hideo Kojima with like this this ticker on the bottom in another language that probably says man responsible for and it's fucking Kojima like it's so fucking messed up dude I've never seen anything like this before yeah this uh, I, I just saw images of the original tweet it's just like pictures of Kojima which are billions like, of them on the tweet, internet tweeted by the fucking French dude and then like, news stations the picked up on it and put it on broadcast. Yeah, there's like there's like there's like news broadcasts saying that Kojima killed this guy with like with these images of Kojima <laughs> talking about this. Dude, we are in a fucked up world, man. Dude, this is the problem. Like, I mean, I don't want to get into the politics or anything like that, but this is the problem with modern media. Like, don't you? I don't know if you remember, but CNN got into trouble with this recently. Where they were just like – they just saw some shit on the internet and they wanted to be first. So they fucking right. shat it out on live TV and it turned out to be completely false. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Like what happened to proper investigative journalism? Mm-hmm. People are just like – it's like retweet culture. Why is it that our news sources Ethics, right? are literally retweeting – shit that like without vetting it there's a code like, of how ethics can you- for journalists and and you know i i had i was a communication major and i had a journalism a couple of journalism classes and uh for sure there's a code of ethics that you should be following and uh you should be able to cite your sources know where the information is coming from all that kind of shit before you put it out there publicly and uh man it's that's just shit it, it has now become a race like jake said to be first to break a news story, you know, even even as stupid as it sounds, people race to comment on someone's fucking tweet. Like first, yeah, first, first. Like what the fuck? Who fucking cares? Like this world is so fucking petty, dude. Yeah, I'm so what, sick of it. Seriously, <laughs> what what do you have to do in your life that that is important to you? Yeah. First, got it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to judge people, but I kind of do a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move forward, man. That's a fucked up news story. Uh, we, we wish Kojima the best, obviously. Um, unless it turns out that... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Because um, there's no way that's... There's no fucking way <laughs> if he did kill, If he did kill someone, then fucking great. But he didn't, so... Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, God of War Ragnarok got a release date. On the heels of all the stupid blowback for Sony not releasing a release date for the game, a teaser trailer showing Kratos and Atreus is uh, in a a CGI trailer. Uh, They're back at it. 
It came out of nowhere. The release date for God of War Ragnarok is 11-9-2022. The release date trailer, um, last we checked, had well over 4 million views via their various forms of social media. It's being retweeted, so some would even go as far as saying this release date trailer was trending. So maybe that was the plan, was to tease that they were going to announce the date, not fucking do it, let the tension build a little bit, and then fucking pop it out there so everyone's going nuts about it. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I don't think that Sony's PR and marketing department is that intelligent, but I I think that this is not really a surprise, and it kind of shows you that the people that we're speaking out are really the minority, because you would think that like those people would be, I don't know, doing some, like, claiming some fucking victory over the fact that they forced Sony to release this mm-hmm. date or, or whatever by you know, throwing their dick pics on the internet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. I mean, it, they, in my opinion, it almost, it, it almost has to be a lock. It's really fucking close. So I don't think the game's gone gold yet. I assume it hasn't, but so it's, I guess it's technically possible that it could be pushed, but, um, I'd almost be shocked if it was at this point. I mean, it's the middle, just about the middle of July, and this is, uh, I guess it's four months away. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty close. They could still push it, but they must. I would think that they're pretty confident. I yeah. would think anyway. Very cool, man. All right. I agree with you. I'm excited about it. I can't fucking wait to dip my toes into this game. Um, the trailer's really cool. It's like a really big wolf that shows up. I don't know if you've seen the CG trailer, but it's cool, dude. And uh, Atreus's voice. That's his name, right? Atreus? I think it's Atreus. Atreus, yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. I haven't played the game at all. It is Atreus. Thank you, Jake. I, thanks for making me not sound like an idiot by correcting me, because I asked. Um, Atreus's voice is still played by the same voice actor, but the kids hit hu- puberty, so now he sounds different, as Atreus should sound. But it's a little jarring at first, but I guess it's fine. No one's really... There's no big blowback on it. You hear him in the trailer here. But, uh... Dude, it's like it's like a, dude. It's so weird whenever child actors get old, hit fucking puberty. Mm-hmm. Sarah, Sarah and I have been wa- going through Stranger Things yeah. because we've been watching the newest season, and like when you watch them all back to back, like binge the whole thing, it's jarring how much like the characters change when they fucking go through puberty. I've only it's, seen it's the first bizarre. Season. I mean, it's yeah. it's totally it's totally natural. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but like. They almost have to build the story around it and say like, oh, there was a year between season four and five or three and four because obviously these characters have basically began adulthood in that period of time. It's weird. It's really strange, but it's cool. I mean, I I, I think it's kind of cool when uh, shows and games and media and stuff, they kind of let their guard down a little bit and they kind of let that just be part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to trying to find another actor to like make them stay young. Because that's way more jarring when you do that. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, like way back in the Renaissance days when they would like cut little kids balls off. So they had fucking high voices forever, you know? Sure. I'm not saying that's what they're doing nowadays, but yeah, that's uh, down a dark. It's path. just like that whole idea of like, like trying to keep that, that character, like just let the actor grow up and just kind of build that into your story. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy about this, uh, Atreus thing. Um, 
I'm glad they kept them. Uh, the new Mass Effect game secured a senior narrative director in Mary DeMarlow. DeMarlay? Sorry, DeMarlay probably. I'm just uh, f- free uh, off the top like, like Harry Mack just going. Who is well known for her work with Deus Ex, Human Revolution, and Mankind Divided, as well as Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy. So this is good because I think the uh, the guy who was involved in the Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect games, is not returning. So to get somebody in the seat, in the saddle, that has some experience with a Galaxy game already, and then uh, somewhat of a futuristic kind of game like Deus Ex, it could be kind of cool. Um, might not be the worst pick. Now, I will say that uh, none of the games that you listed are these like sprawling, branching narratives that require mm-hmm. you know a, a delicate kind of dance of communication. But I will say that I don't have as much information on the narrative aspect of the Deus Ex games, but. I'll continue to sing the praises of the narrative aspect of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, the narrative in that game is fucking amazing. So in the characters in that game, the way she the way that the characters were written, I don't want to say she because I don't know how much she did and how much were her, you know, her coworkers. But the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy are so fucking good. So if the new Mass Effect game has the level of characterization that she was able to bring to Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that to me speaks uh, um, of good things to come. Yeah, I would agree. Even though I haven't played that game, I did play the Deus Ex games. They were fine narratively. Uh, they didn't like crazy, like you said, like pop out and like, wow, that game's amazing. But um, they are older games. So um, it seems like Mary has probably been cutting her teeth long enough to know what the fuck she's doing. So. I'm excited to see what she does with this. Um, the GTA remasters uh, and the Red Dead Redemption remaster were shelved by Rockstar. They're not doing them anymore. At least they've learned the back burner. Uh, maybe never to return. But they are now in full swing working on Grand Theft Auto 6. So that's just a news point. Just a little little FYI for the listeners. And uh, I'll be curious. Yeah. I wonder how long that game's been in development. If they're just now starting, you know the full team working on it. I bet this game is every bit of three years away. Oh yeah. Well, I'm excited to see if they use unreal engine, man. Cause that matrix demo was ridiculous with the cars and UE five. Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't, if it's got all that, Dude, that technology that, that allows them to dynamically build worlds. I mean, that's cool. Well, they did come out. Rockstar did come out and admit that, they recognize that they have to actually exceed expectations for this for the next one. So they're going to be going all in. And speaking of the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine demo, that actually just left the PlayStation Store. And uh, it was, of course, free to download Proof of Life for the latest Unreal Engine. And uh, when I played it, and you played it, Jake, we actually talked about it in one of our episodes. And it was actually pretty impressive, I thought. So, anywho. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty neat. This next game that I didn't, I've never heard anything of about prior, but it looks really, really interesting. Um, I want to bring it up on the show. It's called Ad Infinitum, and uh, apparently it is a World War One game, but it's not exactly what you would think. It's a horror game, um, which any World War One game inherently probably should be called, but it it is uh, interesting because. 
the trailer kind of shows the guy running through a trench and then you know the 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 explosions and stuff and then all of a sudden like he's running through a door and there's like a demon chasing him and he turns around and closes the the demon out and then he's like in like this really nice looking house so it's i think it's all about like the stress of war and the psychological effects it has on a world war 1 soldier and they're i think they're drawing uh congruencies or drawing parallels or whatever um, with just the horrors of war, with actual horror, which is a really fucking interesting idea for a game, like a psychological horror game, uh, to be ba- to be set in the middle of a war or battlefield. Like it's pretty wild, actually. Um, it looked interesting. The trailer's up on the Push Square site. You could probably find it anywhere. It was called Ad Infinitum. Um, it looks neat, uh, actually. I like to see more creative ideas like that. Um, and I cannot imagine, uh, ever being in combat or going and fighting like that. So, uh, maybe not for everybody, uh, if that kind of stuff triggers you, but it looks really fucking interesting. Um, the trailer looks insane. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I don't know how, do you know who's making it? I can't tell if it's a... Um, that I don't know. We're so prepared. Um, I'm going to go to the game's official website, and uh, it doesn't really say. But it looks gnarly. It says, Ad Infinity yeah, is the first-person survival horror game with a focus on atmosphere and story experience, the Great War, from the perspective of a German Schultz soldier, which is also interesting. In this surreal war-torn nightmare, you must overcome pain, despair, and corruption while fighting for your life and sanity. Can you escape the horrors of war? Question mark. Do you see who made it? Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like it's a new studio called Hexate. H E. Are they a German-based K- studio? A T E. Yes. And that that honestly is very interesting now they're not talking about world war ii which is more taboo in germany right but i would have to imagine that you know world war one is a little bit kind of taboo as well but i have no idea um but it looks really great yeah i hope that it is good and and not um janky not like really janky, yeah. But like the the images that they've shown, I don't know how much of it is pre-rendered, how much of it is gameplay, because it's it's hard to tell. A, a lot of it looks like it's gameplay, but it's really hard to know. But if if it's anything like what it looks uh, like, what it looks like in the trailer, it could be pretty fucking cool. What's cool, dude? I'll take any video game that puts me in the shoes of anybody from another country or another ethnicity. Dude, I'm so exhausted of just playing as like a white dude from the U.S. in video games. Like these, yeah. games, like like I'm fine with it, but like, man, like these kind of things plays a German soldier. Like that's just interest. It's just interesting. The the other World War One game that we played, um, that was a side scroller. What was that one called? That was an awesome. Game. Oh, uh, um, Valiant Hearts. Yeah, Valiant Hearts was really interesting. Um. You know, I I enjoyed playing the Mafia game uh, when you were the black dude. Um, that was interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just I just really really like 
video games to put me, uh, remove me a little bit from my this. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of nice. Get a little different perspective. Yeah. However you can get it. You know, so although in Mass Effect I did pick a white male as my character, so <laughs> I guess I guess that was just the easy out for me in that game. Um, well, I think that's a little bit different because you're, I mean, you're building your own right? story kind of versus in- versus them telling you a narrative about a white guy. Correct. Yeah, I like to inject my myself into role playing games and try to make the characters kind of like me. Uh, but anyhow, uh, the next one is also really fucking interesting. Um, R- Raven Switch. Uh, this is the studio that brings us Tale of the Cursed Gods, Jake, which you really liked. Uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. I said, what I say? Oh. Tale of the Cursed Gods? <laughs> Curse of the yeah. Dead Gods. Um, you can play as kind of like fairy tale characters in this game. Um, they have Beowulf. They have Snow White. They have uh, the Pied Piper. And uh, this game is interesting. Red Hood, yeah looking and uh, I didn't really know much about this and I never did play Curse of the Dead Gods because we chose that other game um, but uh, I have it and uh, it makes me kind of want to check it out but you really like the comic it does look really interesting yeah. it's like an ARPG like um, isometric kind of view mm-hmm. but it's uh, I, I don't know I I'd have to see what their definition of roguelike is because a lot of these roguelike games I'm kind of kind of sick of. I, I like I just want my progress to be saved. That's that's literally all it boils down to. So just don't waste my time. Um, yeah. And I don't even necessarily consider it wasting my time. It's just that like my time is precious, so I want to I want to immediately feel like I'm making progress, even if I'm playing very sloppily. Yeah. I don't want to have to master every game just to make progress. Yeah. And a lot of these roguelikes force you to do that. It's like a combination of um, RNG and mastery that allows you to beat the game, not just me kind of brute forcing my way through it, which sometimes I just like to do because I want to just get through a game so I can play the next game or whatever. So, But that said, just thematically it looks really cool yeah um i agree so playstation blog i like to go over there it's playstation.blog and uh they always have interesting little stories up there of course they're promoting their own titles but this is uh seven indie games to look out for and i'm just going to run through them real quick they have links on the playstation blog to all these games um but some of these i didn't even know exist some i did but some looked really, really interesting. The one that looked the coolest to me was is the first one. It's called Sea of Stars. It looks like a through-and-through, um, old-school, turn-based RPG game, like an old Final Fantasy game, um, just on the face, where like you get hit, and then the numbers show up above your head, like 15, 12, 20, whatever, how many hit points you lose, and it looks like it's turn-based. This game looks really cool. Um, another game called, I don't know how to pronounce, Shim, S-C-H-I-M, the I is lowercase. Um, it's interesting. It's like one of those indie games where like in, in each level, um, the sun is at an angle and it's casting shadows, and you're like a little shadow. So the only way to navigate the level is to be within the shadows to travel. the. So you got a like, platform on the shadows of the world, which is 
kind of interesting. Call of the Lamb, which is a Devolver digital game that uh, I think is getting a lot of attention right now. I don't know much else about it. Um, Signalis, which is a horror game, but it looks like it's a 32-bit game. Like, the quality of the game, like, the video, like, the 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 way it's presented is so freaking weird. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, um, one of those games where they just, they took, like, a, like, a well-rendered, like, modern kind of design, and then they just, like, pixelated it. Where it, where it doesn't look like pixel art, it looks like a modern, you know, animation, like a, a modern render that they just put like a pixelated filter on, if that makes any sense. It's really weird. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it looks fucking cool. Yeah. They say it's a horror game, but they're not going to get into the details of the game. They want you to play it to find out exactly what it's about. Uh, there was a game that was released a long time ago called The Tomorrow Children. It's getting a re-release called The Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition. It's going to include some updates, some, uh, I don't know, breathe some new life into that game. And then there's a 2D platformer golf game called Cursed to Golf. And uh, I played a, a game, I forget what it was called, it was a golf game. We talked about Disco Golf, or what was it called? Something, uh, uh, it wasn't Disco Elysium, it was uh, something weird golf. I don't know what it was, but it was in a post-apocalyptic golf game where your character shuttles to the earth because he's able to play golf on the earth but it's just a wasteland golf golf club wasteland there you go that was called i had to say the word wasteland yeah um that game was awesome so this is like that but this is not as pretty arguably this game's more of like a 16-bit game or something um but uh it still looks interesting and then the last game that, that was on the playstation blog they were featuring was called inscription it's a deck building horror game and uh, just because of the the way that UI and everything looked in this game, I thought it looked kind of cheap. Um, wasn't really interesting. So I will say that I've heard that Inscription is actually really good. <laughs> um, it's been out on PC for a while. All right. For- so it's just coming to PlayStation. The I I think that uh, the Curse to Golf game looks entertaining. <laughs> I don't know if it's something that I would pick up at full price, but it looks pretty cool. Um, Tomorrow Children is interest is an interesting story because I think the developer of that game they they feel like the game died at launch because the publisher required them to do all of this like microtransactions and all this crazy shared world shit and everything. And so they were able to wrestle the IP back from the publisher and they're re releasing it to make it a little bit more uh I don't know, player friendly, I guess, a little bit less, you know, microtransaction transactiony and all that. Um, Call to the Lamb looks interesting. I don't know if it's something that I'm going to play, but Devolver Digital usually puts out pretty good games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Shim, if that's how you even say it, is one of those games that, like, if it was on PS3, I probably would have played it. But now I'm just kind of like over these indie gimmick games. Yeah. I just like don't feel like playing them anymore. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just that I'm not necessarily all that enamored by this type of game anymore because it reminds me a game. lot of like, you know, um, it was Outlander and shit like that yeah. where, you know, you have to switch between the two colors to go go to the different areas and all this stuff. Um, but like you said, Sea of Stars looks fucking awesome. Yeah. My understanding is that they're 
they're making like an old school 16-bit RPG like a Final Fantasy VI or something like that. But they're making it – they're like dialing back the complexity. So they're making it a little bit more approachable. Like maybe think of a game like uh, what Ubisoft did with – oh, what the fuck? What's that RPG where it like – Everybody talks in fucking poems and shit. Um, came out with Valiant Hearts like right around the same time. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't remember what it was called. I'm so bad at recalling names of games, man. There's just too many. Look at the PlayStation Store. Every deal they have, there's like 3,000 games on sale. Child of Light. Yeah, right. So, so like Child of Light was... Like, they, they dialed back the complexity of the RPG, but you still had, like, the turn-based combat. You still had the narrative development and all of that. So I feel like Sea of Stars is going to... I'm not saying it's the same thing. I think Sea of Stars is going to be a little deeper than that. But it does seem like they're not going to make you go in... They're not going to have, like, all the crazy combat systems and stuff that, like, an old-school Final Fantasy game would have or something like that. Um, so I'm really excited for for Sea of Stars. Yeah, look, Signalis. Signalis, I think, looks fucking cool, but it's an adventure game, and those are really hit or miss with me. So I don't know if I'm going to be into doing all of the puzzly shit that's required for that type of adventure. Like, if you watch the trailer, there's some stuff that looks like it might be a little point and click esque. Yeah, and I just don't know if if that's gonna jive with me but the trailer like the game looks really fucking cool so good deal Jake, that's all i have to say yeah, about you have more games. news points on here that you added here that i didn't really talk about so why don't you cover yes this? so um they we finally ubisoft has been talking about this game skull and bones for like fucking ever it's like the game that they built basically based on the ship combat from Assassin's Creed 3 and 4, uh, where you, you know, in, in Assassin's Creed 3, I didn't play 3, but I played 4, and like in 4, you know, you can get a ship, and you can go around and sail the seas and like fucking shoot cannons at other ships and do all that crazy crap. Well, they decided to make a game out of it, uh, and they, re- they announced that it's releasing 11.8, which is the day before God of War, so I don't know who the fuck's going to play this game. But uh, I watched the trailer, yeah, the gameplay trailer that came up on PlayStation's YouTube or the blog or something like that. And uh, to me, it looks like an early PS4 Assassin's Creed knockoff. Like, it literally, look, to me, like, it literally looks like they just took the ship stuff out of Assassin's Creed 4, which was a PlayStation 4 launch game, and they just added some features to make it more in line to be a competitor with Sea of Thieves. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's going to be bad. It's just nothing about what I saw in the trailer or the, the eight-minute gameplay reveal um, interests me literally. Dude, I'll agree. Way. And I'll tell you what was really frustrating about this was that the CG stuff that they showed before they showed the gameplay trailer looked awesome. It looked really good. And it's yeah. like, this game's going to be fucking dope. And then they showed the gameplay. So they went from like, I don't know, Pixar level quality CG stuff with like pirates and badass shit where like they had this boat and like this, uh, 
this guy's like walking through the streets and it's like it's all foggy and it's late and then he looks in the window and like um there's all these rich people dining and eating with candlelit dinners and like he's like fuck that's never gonna be me you know what i mean and then he ends up at the dock and he just grabs a barrel and boards this pirate ship and like and then it smash cut to him later, like on the seas, like braving the storm, and it looked fucking awesome. And then by the end, he's the captain of his own ship. And he's like giving commands, and people are respecting him and stuff. And then it cuts to gameplay, and it literally to me looked like an iOS game, like an iPhone game. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like, and, can't and, they make it look and, good? <laughs> dude, if you look at the, if you even look at like when you're watching the gameplay, all the text and stuff. That's uh-huh. in the trailer. It's all literally exactly the same as Assassin's Creed. Like this game literally looks like they just like took Assassin's Creed and then just like cut out all the fun shit and just like made it so that you're like a ship captain. Like the one thing that they didn't even announce, they didn't even kind of bring out in the gameplay stuff that they released is like, am I able to like do any combat outside of the ship? Right. Like, am How I able to run happen? around and shoot people like a pirate or whatever? Um, sorry, my cats are fighting. Uh, yeah, I don't. So I don't know. I mean, to me, the the, the I I'll reserve my judgment, my complete judgment, until the game comes out, so I can see you know what people are that play it are actually thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is maybe going to try to be a competitor to Skull and Bo- or. Um, to see if thieves on Xbox, but I don't know. Just what I saw just didn't look interesting to me at all. Yeah, like even the ship combat stuff. I'm like, okay, the ship, the ship, the sailing and the ship combat in Assassin's Creed Four was fucking cool. Black Flag was amazing. It was so good. But that was ten years ago. Yeah, it was so. It was good. ten years ago. Like now, I just don't care anymore. The sea shanties so I, and all that stuff was so cool. Yeah. So. It's pretty pretty interesting. They need to but release anyway. Yeah. Do they need to release a pirate game that's a fucking pirate game? Where like yeah. like a third person, you don't control a whole fucking ship. You're a fucking pirate. One person, you play through his story or the her story and you're just a fucking pirate and you go on the Imagine Red Dead Redemption but instead of cowboys you're pirates. That'd be like, so Like that's what awesome. I fucking want. That would be so good. Like you have a, like instead of having your crew with Dutch and the cowboys in the west it's like you have your ship and you've a got band your captain of fucking and they're pirates. like like that could be so cool. And you're going like, into these But towns. they haven't done anything yeah. like that. Dude. I don't know. So anyway, moving on. Um, we need that. Yeah, but that would be really neat. So the next news point I have up here is this is just kind of a minimal thing. There's a new PlayStation update that allows for automatic low latency mode. Um, I don't know a ton about this, but it, it's based on if your TV, whether or not it supports it. And I think what this is, is like, you know how TVs have game mode? Yeah. Where it, it makes the refresh rate like super fast so you don't have input lag on your mm-hmm. – uh, on your PlayStation, like what input lag is, if you don't know, is like, let's say I press up to move forward, how long it takes for the image to change on the screen. That's considered input lag. So a lot of modern TVs have what's called game mode, where normally if you're watching a movie, the input lag is super long because it doesn't matter. There's no interactivity. But if you put it in game mode, it does a bunch of shit in the background that makes the input lag really low. So you can't – there's no discernible difference between using the controller and seeing the reaction on the screen. Well – I guess like a lot of TVs have the ability for this to automatically be turned on through HDMI. 
So I think the way that this works now is that PlayStation, just like before your PlayStation, if you turn on your PlayStation, it can turn on your TV automatically. Mm. Like I don't know if your TV does that when you turn on your PlayStation. But mine does. So it's like that, but instead it automatically turns on low latency mode on your television. And I'm pretty sure my Xbox has done this like forever, but – I think that this is something that, that Sony is just adding in, which is cool. It's just another feature. It means you don't have to have like a dedicated HDMI channel and make sure that you go into the settings and turn on game mode and all that kind of stuff. But your TV has to support it for it to be able to automatically be switched on. Right. Um, next point here is that uh, a while ago there was a, data, a Steam database entry that was leaked that showed that Returnal – uh, looks like might be coming to PC, at least in on Steam. And it looks like there are uh, some more stuff has been updated on that database entry with like achievements and things like that. So my guess is that, and I'm not, I guess my guess is really kind of in quotes because the, the media is sort of just su- suggesting that an announcement for Returnal on PC is relatively imminent. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Returnal is like perfect for PC. For sure. So good for uh, PC gamers because that game is fucking awesome. In my opinion, that game is awesome. So hopefully they get to play it soon um, and Sony can get a little bit of extra money from that game. Uh, and then the last thing I have here is just that some some games appear to have been leaked for PS Plus Extra and Premium Tiers. Uh, so like the games that you can download and play just based on part of that sub- uh, subscription. And it's nothing crazy, but there is like – so this is part of – on July 19th, we're getting that uh, – I believe it's July 19th. We're getting that cat game, Stray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Extra, and I'm excited to play that. But it seems like as part of that, they're also going to add – um, a bunch of Assassin's Creed games. So we were just talking about Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. Assassin's Creed Unity, which I really liked, even though it was super buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Creed Rogue, which was the PS3 uh, uh, the PS3 exclusive one that came out after PS4 launched. I don't know if you remember that. I think it takes place in like the bayou or some shit. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry, which I believe was the Vita game. Or the PSP game, I don't remember. Ah, um, yeah, the the Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection, which I think is like the first three games or something like that. And then Saints Row 4 Reelected. But the biggest release that I haven't mentioned yet is a, a Final Fantasy VII Remake Retro Integrate. Oh, yeah. With the, with the intermission episode with the Yuffie DLC. So to me, this is awesome because I've been really wanting to go back and play that mission uh, that is the interlude between Final Fantasy VII Remake and the the second release, which we've now learned is called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I believe. Right, right. Where you um, uncover the Yuffie character and all that. So I am really interested you, in playing that. But I did you buy anyway, up? Continue. I did not buy up. No. So so this is kind of good for me because it'll allow me to play that without having to purchase it because I will likely jump on to PS Plus Extra this month after I'm done with Mass Effect because I really want to play Stray. I think that game looks really cool. Yeah. Maybe we can both um, get it and then uh, talk about Stray on the show. 
Yeah. So that might be the next game I play, honestly, given that it's, you know, 7, 10 today. So that's only nine days away before that comes out. So I'm really interested in that. But anyway, that's all I got. I just there's a couple extra points I wanted to throw down just to yeah, I like inform it. the audience. I like it, Jake. Thanks for that. Um, mm-hmm. New games coming out July 12th. Hellpoint on PS5. Time on Frog Island, PS5, PS4. The Quest for Excalibur on PS4. July 13th, Rayland, PS5, PS4. July 14th, Mothman, 1966. <laughs> that just sounds fun. Nice. Gnarly. PS4. Uh, Super Super Rolla Champion, PS5, PS4. 200 Ways, PS5, PS4. July 15th, DC League of Super Pets, The Adventure of Crypto and Ace. Whew, about time. I've been looking forward to that one. I'm kidding. I have no so- clue what that is. So, are you familiar? You're familiar with the 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 lore of the Mothman. Yeah. So, did you know? Did you know that where that took place is actually not that far from here? Yeah, I heard that. It's like a few hours down the road, yeah. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. I've been there. It's fucking crazy. Like the whole town is just into it. They've got like a Mothman statue downtown, and like a Mothman museum, I'm and like sure. a coffee shop that's Mothman themed. I'm sure it brings a ton of economy to them. I'm sure it does. I mean, I think it's awesome. I'll go. I actually, when I was there, I because I it was actually I drove through that town on my way back from a work trip, and uh, I stopped into the Mothman museum and bought Sarah a Mothman coffee mug, <laughs> which was pretty fun. So. Anyway, so, well, I'm not saying that's in any way related to this well, game. Well, I don't I know just... if the listeners know, so I went to the Wikipedia page real quick. Just I'll give them a quick history, right, on what the Mothman is. Uh, the synopsis for Mothman. <laughs> there was a movie called The Mothman Prophecies a while back. But for anyone who doesn't know, in West Virginia folklore, the Mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area, like Jake said, from the November 15th of 66 to December 15th, 67. The first newspaper report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated November 16th, 1966, titled Couple See Man-Sized Bird Creature Something. The, na- the national press soon picked up the reports and helped spread the story across the United States. Um... And then uh, it says the history was that uh, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Stephen Mary Mallet, told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings following their car uh, while they were driving in an area outside of the town um, known as the TNT area, the site of a former World War II munitions plant. Um, and then apparently over the next few days, other people have reported similar sightings. Uh, volunteer fire people saw it. Um, large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron. He termed a shite poke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting, man. I, uh, I Yeah, there was, that, there was that munitions plant there, and there was like a bunch of bunkers where they used to store like all of this, all of this like – lethal shit so uh, part of me is almost wondering if there was just like like mass hysteria because you know some fucking chemicals got released on the town on accident or something like like something really crazy i i don't know i'm not really into i mean i'm i find the cryptozoology stuff like really fun like i think it's enjoyable and i'm all into like going to the town and like seeing all the stuff but like come on man 
fucking Mothman. Dude, I love I the idea cool. of it. I love the idea. Yeah, of I, I, I wish it was real. That would be awesome if, like, a fucking Mothman was just, like, stealing people's babies It's and really stuff. just, like, a gargoyle or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I... Man, that shit has shit like that has to exist. You know, uh, we we should just start a whole new podcast where we talk about. I'm sure there's a lot of them, different folklore things. Like Aaron Mankey has lore, which is a fantastic podcast. He also has a podcast called uh, um, the Cabinet of uh, Curiosities, and it's all these real stories based in like history, but like just fascinating, interesting tales of like creepy things and interesting things. So he's got that covered and no one can do it better than him, but I would love to sit and just have conversations about that shit because it really interests me. And I like to know yeah, about it too. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. So if you're interested, I, who knows if Mothman 1966 is about that. I would imagine. I kind of want to look up the game now. Did you look into this game at all? Yeah. I'm looking at the steam page for it and it looks like it, May or may not be based on is the first in the, the event. Yeah, interactive adventures by Pixel Pulps, created by novelist Nico. I can't say his last Nico Sarantaris and artist uh, Fernando Martinez Rupel. Uh, fusion exception writing and stunning illustration inspired by mid twentieth century pulp fiction eighties home computer graphics. Actually, seems pretty cool. Hmm. Um, I don't know how the game plays or anything, but Mothman 1966, dude. That's just a cool name. Fuck it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's all I got for the show, Jake. Do you have any any parting words for the listeners? Nope. I am ready to roll. Yeah, me too. I'm tired, man. Um, Hope you guys had a nice weekend, and I hope you have a beautiful week this week. Thanks for tuning in to episode 200, guys, and 31 of PS This Is Awesome. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time, next week, if uh, plans uh, don't get in the way. So, like Lake, Lawn Mowing Simulator, and Luto, P.S. This is awesome. Yes, this is awesome. That's our NPR ending. (laughs) Yeah.